Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in house in the Central Division. That's right. I'm a meatball. You got to bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lansing got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans, and welcome to another edition of Sox on Tap. Tonight, I am once again joined by NWI Steve and Sean Roberts. Boys, we are just a few days away from White Sox baseball. It's time to talk predictions. It's time to talk about a little bit of White Sox news. Before we do that, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all of your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Be sure you're following us at ONTAP Sportsnet and head on over to the YouTube. Follow us over there. Subscribe to that and hop in the comments and chat with us during these shows. As our guy Kirk Zappa's here. What up, boys? Sockside Mike 90. Crack them, gentlemen. We'll be cracking them. Sean, Steve, how are you guys doing? I already What's opened up? mine, so. Hey, yo, boys. <laughs> Sup? Guys, it's good to be back on the microphone. We've been doing these fairly regularly here, getting in a nice little groove. We've set the tone for the season. We're going to keep doing that here on Socks on Tap. I'm going to turn it over to you guys. Initial thoughts on the most recent White Sox signing, that is Johnny Cueto. Sean, I'm going to start with you today. You had some words about Johnny Cueto before uh, we hopped on these airwaves. I'd like you to share them with our listeners. Yeah, I think um, this is a this is a great move by the White Sox. I, the best move they could make, honestly. He was the best free agent pitcher out there. Um, I, if you would have told me three years ago that Johnny Cueto would be pitching on the White Sox, I would have told you a liar. But you know, Kenny always gets his man. Um, but this is this was a desperate need, right? They needed a starting pitcher. They needed something. Um, they couldn't just. They needed to replace Lance Lynn, who hopefully, if all goes well, will be back in June. Um, but love the signing. This actually, this reminds me a lot of, and this is what I said before we went live here, but this reminds me a lot of Matty Latos from 2016. Um, a better version, God willing, um, than Matt Latos. But this is, uh, I think, Johnny Cueto's t-shirt jer- jersey uh, like worthy. I think that this might be a t-shirt jersey, Johnny Cueto. Basically, I mean, I I echo a lot of Sean's sentiments. I mean, they had to do something here. They obviously have a significant deficit in the starting rotation right now, and there's not really a lot of options out there. He's breathing. He has a pulse. He has an arm attached to his body that has been used to throw a baseball. So that's where we're at. Steve, Steve, you seem less enthused about the Johnny Cueto signing than my guy Sean here. I'm just... The one thing that will really up my enthusiasm level is if he does get up here to Chicago, will he bring his horse with him? If he brings the horse, that that is going to change the calculus. I'm going to be honest with you. Will he will the, ride ho- will the horse make the it bullpen? to Lot B? Yeah. If the horse Ooh. makes it to Lot B, 
All right. If, if that horse is, if he's riding that horse down 35th street under the viaduct into lot B I'm, I'm all in then. Okay. So poll question here, poll question, who makes it to lot B first, Johnny Cueto's horse or me? I'm taking Sean Roberts on that. <laughs> I'm taking Sean Roberts on that right away. That's We're just coming my... right out of the shoot with the hard hitting stuff. Damn. Nice. Here we go. You're not messing around. We're setting the it's tone. Season here, pre- yeah, we're setting the tone. It's season preview. Come on. That's man. Yeah, Sean. You know what, Sean? I I, I believe in you. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to take you on this one. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It'd be uh, if Johnny Cueto's horse starts showing up. I don't know if things are going really well or if things are going really shitty. <laughs> it might be a nice marketing promotion for. T- like, <laughs> I can see if this was 2017, 2018, like. Meet Johnny Cueto's horse in Lot B. Um, you know, like Kids Sunday, half off parking. Take a take a little ride. Yeah, Johnny Cueto, like you know, pony ride rides. your horse. Ride your horse to the park day. Instead of run the bases, kids get to ride Johnny Cueto's horse. Um, but no, Johnny Cueto is here, guys. He's going to start down in Triple A. You know, get some work in. I don't know the last time I haven't seen Johnny Cueto. You know, uh, throw a baseball in, in just a little bit here. So I'm assuming he was doing some offseason training while he's working up to a deal. Um, but he's going to start down in AAA. How fast are we going to see Johnny Cueto? I would assume it's probably going to take him at least a month to get ramped up. So um, I would. He's think- had to be doing something though, right? Yeah, but I, I just think that you you just can't simulate in game action actually going out there and trying to attack hitters. You know, you can be throwing it, you know, at your barn in, in the Dominican or, or whatever else he's doing out there, or even, you know, throwing in one of these pitching labs, you know, somewhere in Arizona or whatever. It's just not the same as getting the juices flowing, getting that adrenaline going in game situation, trying to get guys out. I think, I think Johnny Cueto's process depends on what the white Sox are getting out of Dallas Keuchel Michael Kopech, hell throw Dylan Cease. I, I think it all depends on how this rotation is handling um, these innings because he's going to have to come up and he's going to have to eat innings, right? Like he's going to have to go four or five. And as if this rotation or this this staff can take care of that, I think you can take your time with them. I think if you're three weeks in and Dallas Keuchel's going two innings, um, Ronaldo Lopez is doing old you know Lopez stuff, then you might see it sped up a little bit because they're going to go, listen, we got to get someone here, someone fresh, someone that can eat some innings. Can you give us four? Right. I think that, I think that depends a little bit on it too. Yeah. I definitely think that this is going to depend on how this rotation looks one to two times through. Um, Now, is Johnny Cueto going to be better than Reynaldo Lopez, uh, Velasquez, whoever you have filling in those innings for you off the bat? I mean, I just uh, wrote an article today over at ontapsports.com. Who's going to get the ball during the home opener, boys? Because you've got Lucas Giolito, Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech slated in Detroit. This is something that I want to talk about real quick here. Uh, and then you've got Dallas Keuchel, who Tony LaRusso said is going to be that fifth guy. He's not getting the ball at the home opener. You're Tony LaRusso here. Who are you giving the ball to? Steve, I'll start with you. I think it's got to be Ronaldo Lopez. I mean, he's a guy he's been here with this organization since 2017. 
um, showed, you know, some flashes of improved stuff last season. And I mean, let's be real. Vince Velasquez is a scrap heap signing that's been in the organization for like three weeks now. So to me, that just screams Ronaldo Lopez is going to be the guy there. And it might be a piggyback situation that they utilize. You know, um, Tony doesn't like to use that term, but that's kind of where my initial thought process is on what we're going to see for the 12. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Lopez is the guy here. Um, I think he deserves it um, at least has earned it. I don't think he's, I, I, you can't trot Velasquez out there. You can't not, not the home opener, right? Like you, that you're asking for PR issues, right? Cause what's going to happen. He's going to go out there first two innings. You guys are all going to be liquored up, having a good time. And he's going to give up. <laughs> he's going to give up three bombs. And next thing you know, he's getting booed off the mountain in two innings and everyone's losing their goddamn mind. So go at Lopez. Hopefully he can, he, he showed flashes of it last year, right? Like he's he's done it before. He's done it in previous seasons. This is a guy you throw him out there for the home opener, right? You get four innings out of him. That's a win, maybe more. Who knows? Keiko's a whew, that's a roll of the dice. So is that this first home series just bound for disaster? As we're yes. looking ahead, as the season preview show. Here on Sox on Tap, we're looking at this first series for the White Sox because I'm right back there the next day to potentially watch Dallas Keiko go two innings. I, is this set up for disaster? That, like, why am I already feeling this way, guys? I think console me here for why this series to go like well. Is, for that, this is bound for disaster. For the home, for the home negative Nani on the set. He's not on the for side. the home opening series. I think for it to go well, you're gonna see games at least two of them, right? You're gonna see two of them. You're gonna have to win these games seven to four, um, ten to eight. Like those are gonna be where the offense has to show up. They have to. And I think that's not just something for the first series because it's gonna be yeah. It after that, Tampa Bay is coming in that that following weekend there, so. This is something that I was looking at the schedule here, and I know we'll probably dig a little deeper into this. Um, the schedule through the first three months of the season for this team is pretty brutal, if we're being totally honest. I mean, um, there's a stretch from April 29th through June 22nd where they have they have a 45-game stretch where 33 of those games are against teams that have legitimate postseason aspirations. You've got four with the Angels, six with the Ginger Sox, seven with the Yankees, seven with the Blue Jays, three with Tampa, three with the Dodgers, and three with the Astros. That's basically an that's, o- a- that's, that's an October gauntlet right there. So, And you're doing that without Lance Lynn, and you're doing this with a shortened starting rotation. And this is probably the biggest concern that I have going into this season right now, especially just coming right out of the shoot here, knowing that the starters are not ramped up because of the shortened spring training. And you put Doing a that, terrible job talking me down right now. You, but you put that, listen, listen, Anthony, I'm trying to be realistic about this here. You look at that schedule right there. I mean, that's, this is not going that's to be not, yeah. an easy road to get things started here. No. And, 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 and I'm going to, and I'm going to be honest with you, Seattle Seattle's going to be a good team. I got Seattle going to the playoffs this year. And so, don't don't sleep on the opening series. Yeah. No. You, and that's you, where I think, you know, from from the from the perspective of you've got your first three games are divisional games. It makes sense to me that you're throwing these three guys 
but I feel so uncomfortable with this rotation just, you know, a couple of days away from the season starting. You saw Michael Kopech go out there today and struggle through that that brutal inning. Um, I know he came back out and, and made things happen, but he had comments about, you know, the plan was to have me ready to go four or five. I'm cruising now. I, I can see them letting me go, but, you know, that might be a stretch. And you're just sitting here thinking to yourself, who's picking this up in the bullpen? Jordan Miller, shout out 2014 eighth rounder Tanner Banks making the team. Like, who's going to be eating these innings, guys? Because you are you are absolutely reliant right now on Dylan Cease and Lucas Giolito to go seven, eight innings in those you know, first it, two starts. This know, is going to be important right off the bat. It's when you don't bulletproof your team, right? And you, it's what's the what's the meme that goes around? It's Kenny Williams. Like White Sox plan is if you know, basically stay, stay healthy. <laughs> basically stay healthy, and when that doesn't happen, especially when it comes to pitching, you're asking for problems, and you're asking for. We're sitting here talking about yes, Dylan Cease was gonna, is my X factor of the 2022 season, but now we're talking about Dylan Cease as homie. Better shove, or we're in some big shit. <laughs> We are. We are right there right now. And I think that the Lance Lynn injury is, in my opinion, somewhat more impactful than where we were sitting here a year ago when Eloy Jimenez suffered his injury. Because let's let's talk realistically about the timelines on this thing, guys. Four weeks before he's back on the mound throwing again. Then he's going to need to ramp up. This is also a guy, and I'm not going to try and shove this back down because we all thought it was cool and tough a couple weeks ago when he said, I just show up to spring training. I'm not a weight room guy. I'm not doing that type of stuff. But you got to imagine there's going to be some physical therapy behind this. There's going to be working yourself back up. Steve, you're, you're an expert in this field. Um, this doesn't bode well for like the kind of guy that you're going to say he's going to come out of this and bounce back the same way from the same surgery that Yasmani Grandal, you know, bounced back from as quickly. There's some concerns here for me. Like I'm very concerned about this and what it means for the White Sox starting rotation. I don't think Johnny Cueto's solving it. He might go a little bit away to help it, but that's a band aid right now for something that you know I don't. I, th- I think that starting pitching is a little bit more exposed in terms of being a problem area now than it was when we were here a year ago saying, oh, well, Andrew Vaughn, a major league ready at bat, is going to take over for Eloy Jimenez, who was a major league ready at bat as well. So I'm concerned. I think it's really interesting, the dichotomy between this season versus last season. And Anthony, what you're talking about there with Eloy going down, and then we saw it through the first month of the season, obviously then with Luis Robert going down, and then um, Nikki the Midget going down eventually. And the pitching really carried that team through the first half of the season, especially Carlos Rodon. Um you know, that was a guy, I mean, he he stepped it up and he showed why he was a number three overall pick. And he rode that ultimately to being an all-star selection for the first time in his career. Now you you look at this team here in 2022, the offense is really going to have to carry the load here for, I would say, at least the first two months of the season. And this is where, you know, going and getting A.J. Pollock is, is going to be very helpful and lengthening that lineup. And personally, on the positional side, this is where I think Yoan Mankata, a guy who is 
the most polarizing figure within the realm of White Sox Twitter is going to be of paramount importance to this team. If he can go back to being somewhat close to the guy that we saw in 2019 that was not only getting on base but actually hitting the baseball with authority and hitting the ball out of the ballpark, that is just going to provide additional length to this lineup and make this team overall that much more dangerous offensively because if then you have A.J. Pollock hitting seventh and then you've got a combination of Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets in the eighth spot, Josh Harrison hitting ninth, I mean, that's a fully operational Death Star right there that can do some things offensively. And they're going to have to because this the, the pitching staff here – I have real concerns that this bullpen is going to be worn out uh, very early on in the season because the starters are not going to be giving them enough length here. So that's just yeah, where I'm we're with at. you, Steve. It's going to be your offense is going to have to carry at least for the first few months of the season. Like you, it's going to have to. And I keep looking at this, but Dylan Cease can no longer afford to have his three innings, 120 pitches. Like he can't, he can't do it anymore. Like now is the time like if you're going to make the jump this is this has to be the year this and now especially with the Lance Lynn injury you got to eat up some innings man or Lucas Giolito is going to already feel like he's got the weight all on his shoulders with this pitching staff which you just talked about this Sean too on our last show um can Lucas Giolito afford to get into a mood on the mound no no, not any, th- this. What's it, the margin for error here with your first two? Because what I want to avoid is these long losing streaks. If you've got question marks on the pitching and the offense goes cold, we've seen this White Sox offense go streaky before. We've we watched it last year, where there were just games where, oh man, ten runs by the third fourth inning felt automatic, mm-hmm. and then there were games where it's like you're sitting there in the sixth seventh inning watching a two and a half hour ball game thus far. And you've maybe accumulated two hits. And I, I've, I've watched this spring training game a couple times already this year. And as Steve says, spring training matters. What's the level of tolerance for Lucas Giolito I, to give up four runs in the second inning of a ball game? He's going to have to wear it. He's going to have to wear it. Right. And and this is like, I'm telling you, man, this is where when you have an off season that you don't, this when this starting rotation was thin margin, right? Was thin margin, and that was before the Lance Lynn stuff. Your backup plan, or I don't want to necessarily say it was a backup plan, but what could have been a backup plan for something like this, Garrett Crochet. Now he's out of the fold, right? So now you're out of your number three or your number two starter. You're out of what could have been a long reliever or someone that can come in and spot start here and there, right? You've already taken that role, put him in the rotation. He goes out and he, th- how many innings he throw today, right? Like he, this rotation's in big trouble. And then you're forced to make a move going out, sign, signing Johnny Cueto, not against the move needed to happen, but n- this is what happens when you don't address certain needs that should have happened a month ago, or you know weeks ago. So this is the season prediction show, guys. Let's spin this in a positive realm. Which one of these guys is going to step up and be the savior until Lance Lynn comes back? There's some. There's a. Couple I'll, of I'll, I'll I'll ride with my Sean. X factor, Dylan Cease. He's my X factor of the year. Like if if Dylan Cease doesn't ball out this year or close to it, we're in big trouble. 
I'm looking more unsung hero, but Dylan Cease kind of kind of <laughs> goes with that one. Steve, what do you got? Um, if we're talking on on the pitching side of it here, I'm gonna have to say it's it's gonna need to be Ronaldo Lopez. I yeah. mean, it's it's just that simple. I mean, because I have no faith whatsoever in uh, Diamond Dallas Keuchel. I have no faith in Vince Velasquez. Um, I need Ronaldo Lopez to go out there for four to six weeks and you know be the guy that he was the first two months of the 2018 season when everybody thought, okay, hey, we we got a top of the rotation arm here, and then it just all kind of fell apart. I, I need that guy to come back. Go and grab that spot. Yeah. yeah, we're getting some good ones in the comments here. Jordan Miller, Kyle Crick. He looked fucking vicious today. I like that one from Jordan Miller here. Uh, Kyle Crick, uh, unsung hero of the White Sox rotation this season. Um, or, and not even rotation, just pitching. But it'll depend on how Tony La Russa kind of works his way through this. You could see a reliever jump up and give you a couple of innings through this thing. I'm going to say Michael Kopech. Boys, um, I think if there's a name out there who has the competitor in him that can go get some shit done, Michael Kopech's that guy who's going to step up in the rotation and be that surprise to this. He was built for this. This is his chance. I like Reynaldo. Lo- I like the Reynaldo Lopez pick. Uh, Sockside Mike was in on it uh, with NWI Steve, but I'm going Michael Kopech, guys. I, I want to see him earn it right here because this is a big chance for him. See, and I think if if you're him right now, like you've got to be chomping at the bit to go prove yourself. And, and see, there there's a differentiator for me. I think Lopez is the guy that is going to have to um, ultimately step up because we know Kopech is going to be in the starting rotation here. And I have Kopech actually. He is my X factor on the pitching side of it here for a for a variety of different reasons. Just because he needs to take that next jump and he needs to be a guy in the starting rotation that can give them 120, 125 innings this season and have quality in there as well. The other thing about it too, and why he's going to be so important for this team is be like you talked about earlier, Tony, we can't have these starts here where he's going out there and he's, you know, getting taken out in the second, third inning. And then all of a sudden now you're taxing the bullpen even more. He's going to have to go out there and be able to consistently give this team 12 to 15 outs um, at least to be able to take some of that burden off the bullpen. I mean, I'm going to beat this point home for the first two months of the season. I already know it. The starters have to find some way to give this team length. If they don't, this thing could go off the rails real fucking quick. Agree with Steve. I do as well. Um, You know, guys, this rotation, we talked about it a little bit, feels not as stable as it did just a few weeks ago. I don't want to sit here and give all of this negative attention to, because I know we're all uneasy about it. I know people out there listening to this are uneasy about it as well, but I will say if things go right with it, if you get a couple of good starts out of Lucas Giolito here, where he's going seven, eight, we know he can. If you get, what Sean's expecting out of Dylan Cease. If you get what Steve is expecting out of Michael Kopech, if a guy like Kyle Crick comes along and really shores up that bullpen. And has the Cliff Polite season. It has the Cliff Polite season. There it is. 
there's the, this White Sox pitching staff is still up there with the best of them. I think where we're at right now is we know how fast things can go wrong, and we're used to that. So that's where we're coming from when we we go down doom and gloom road. We're so beaten down because we've just been beaten down before. This team still has a, a, the best shot, I think, of any team in the AL Central to go win it, and they're going to have to weather the storm here. the The problem with this is it's kind of uncomfortable going into the beginning of the season, knowing that you're going to have to weather the storm a little bit before you can get to the good times. That's and you're not just weathering the storm tone. You're weathering the storm against the best that baseball has to offer. Well, and I think from, from that standpoint, Sean, you get a little bit of a measuring stick for this White Sox team. And I think adversity is going to be good for them in the long run. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I want there to be a little bit of adversity to start this year from the stand, from just from the standpoint of, I don't want it to be too damn easy in the same sense that it was last year because they even kind of went down that road in terms of blaming that for some of their failures. So make it hard. Let's see what it is when it's hard. I want mm-hmm. them to go through those battles. That's what the playoffs are going to be like. I want them to be uncomfortable. We're going to see some adversity. That's for damn sure. And I mean, it, we keep harping on the pitching staff, but this pitching staff is going to go through some shit and it, it's not going to be pretty at times, but it could just weather the storm, right? Like I'm with you, Tony. It is weather the storm. You're doing it against the best in baseball. That's what you want, right? You want the competition. You want the adversity. And I think it's going to give Rick Hahn a real, real clear image of what may need to be added, what needs to be subtracted, because it's not like you're just playing the 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 Guardians, right? The the thirty million. Pay, you're not playing the A's. Right. Which one of us to... is going to screw up? Just I got to stop you, Sean. Which hey, one of us gonna is going to screw gonna be, up gonna first? Hey, I almost just I almost just did it there. I stopped myself against the Guardians. Which it's, one of us is going to call them the Indians it's first? Gonna, I think the, the <laughs> chime gonna, in if you're look, in the crowd here. We'll probably do some sort of prop. Everybody knows thing. it's going to be me. Everybody knows that I love. There are few things in this world I love more than shitting on the Cleveland baseball franchise. I mean, I just it. It injects life into me. Um, Did you guys see the spring training complex photo where they just replaced the – they didn't even take the Indians fully off there. They just removed one letter and put yeah. guard in front of it. Yeah. Fucking pathetic. What a, what a, what a pathetic franchise. I, I, just, I despise just, everything just, about Cleveland. Uh, oh, God. Just If we want to go on it just the rest of the show, we just ripped the city of Cleveland. I'm all in. Sean, I'll, tell you, I'll give you the floor here for for thirty seconds to just talk about Cleveland and your feelings about it. And then oh, it's just it's what a scumbag city, what a piece of shit town. <laughs> like, and and the sad thing is, is I've never even been there, and this is what I think of it. Like, and it, it will never change. the The video and the and the press conference of Joakim Noah back in the day, like that. That's it. Right. That's all you need to fucking know. And I, I despise Cleveland. I want, I, I think it's just growing up watching the Sox play the Indians, right? Like the, the Manny Ramirez and Jim Tomey and Omar Vizquel days and, and those assholes. But um, they just, I hated them. I despise White Sox legend Jim Tomey. Come on. A- Anthony. Sure. We haven't sure. even made it to the, the, the Todd Frazier segment of this. Come show on. Today. Pour one out. We got to. Respect, Todd Frazier. God bless. Um, R.I.P.I.P. 
Yeah, I, I just I despise Cleveland. I hate them. I, I and don't get me wrong. I had to stop myself before I said Guardians. There, I'm like, wait, they're not the. I almost said Indians right off there, but I'm like, I'm trying to almost, make good impressions here, right act there. like you know that I kind of know what I'm talking about a little bit. But but yeah, no, Guardians, screw them, fly Steve. away, whatever they are. Steve, did he do it proper justice? It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't quite my rant uh, the night that I was in the <laughs> hotel room in downtown Cleveland, the night the Sox clinched the division. Um, and then I, you know, took a gander across the street at, you know, was it 10 o'clock at night at that point? And the place was dead. There was literally not a soul. And I had to just meander my way up and down, you know, the streets of downtown Cleveland looking for an establishment to drink and, and to celebrate. I mean, this little town sound. You couldn't even find a place to celebrate with a couple two tree drinks. I it it, <laughs> it took it took some time, but you I sent you the I sent you the photo. There literally was not a soul on the street at ten o'clock at night. I mean the the place. I mean it's an absolute embarrassment. I mean literally just take it, fire it all off into the sun. The place is a joke. You know they they should just contract the state of Ohio from the union. It's useless. It's disgusting. Get rid of it. We're done. And we haven't even moved on to Detroit yet. Um, we'll see what what happens when we get there. But I like these. Uh, socks I got a special. I got a special tweet lined up for Friday morning. The, the socks on tap. You know, trash the opponent's city. There. You know, I, th- that's how I've done it on Four Feathers when we talk about the city of Nashville. Um, but uh, that's that's they don't have a baseball team yet, so that's good, uh, guys. In terms of the White Sox offense, I wanna I wanna flip this to some some ultra positive stuff that we've got going on here i personally think that the white Sox have one of the deepest lineups in baseball right now especially after the aj pollock trade guys in in terms of lineups that you've seen in your lifetime and it doesn't matter how tony the russa constructs this thing even if somebody's got a day off i i really think five days out of the week, you are going to have a powerhouse lineup that an opposing pitcher is going to be fearful of facing. And I think that that's important for us as White Sox fans to look at and realize, damn, this is something special here, especially when you look at these names in just such beautiful calligraphy that get posted to Twitter every day. Give me some thoughts on how sexy this White Sox lineup is. Yeah, I, it it's extremely sexy. I think one through seven. I mean, you're looking at a an explosive offense and an offense that's gonna we're gonna rely on to carry this team for a while. And I think they do have the firepower to do that. I think the AJ Pollock trade um, that put it over the edge, right? I think this was a good enough offense, or it was a good offense um, prior to the trade. I think this adds. It, I think the last time we we spoke. Adds length, right? That's what Steve said. It adds length to the lineup, and that's what you need. Um, and then it just it it you're able to okay, Gavin Sheets can come in and, and um, put it in put him in a spot. You can put Liori in a spot. You you can add guys, give days off. You added depth to your lineup, right? So it, the offense is going to click. It's going to be fine. It's going to have to carry this team, and hopefully we get lucky where the where the pitching staff every now and then can can put a little streak together. But the offense is going to be the big deal. Um, they are the show this year. Last year, I think it was more heavily on the pitching because of all the injuries on the offensive side. I think this year, it's all on the, it, the offense is a show, 
right? And they're going to have to carry the pitching staff. I think the roles are reversed this year. Anthony, let me ask you a question. I've heard some rumors on Twitter.com that you indeed like fireworks. Can you hashtag confirm? You know, you're stealing a little segment that I was going to ask you in just a little <laughs> bit. But, uh, yes, Steve, uh, I'll go off script here and say that I can actually hashtag confirm that I fucking love fireworks. Well, Anthony, I think that you are in luck this year because I got a hunch that you are going to see a lot of them this season. Um, it would not surprise me if this White Sox team sets a franchise record for home runs over the course of a season. And we were talking about this before we went live. I think there's a real legitimate chance that this team could score 900 runs this year. I mean, that's, that's how much I believe in this offense. And I think that they are really going to hit. Um, obviously, April can be a little challenging playing at the corner of 35th and Shields, especially some of those night games, um, can be a little tough in there. And given some of the competition that is going to be coming in here, could be a little bit challenging there. But when this, when the weather turns, when we get to Memorial Day and onward, I think this place is going to be a fucking launching pad over the summer. And Jerry, I don't know if he has budgeted enough in the fireworks department there, but I, I I'll think be watching. I will be watching. I know you will be. <laughs> I will be watching. Sometimes I'd like to count the amount of fireworks that go off for each home run. And I I do know when Jerry is skipping on the fireworks. So I will be watching. Make sure you hold him accountable for that. Thank I you, do. Sean. Thank you. I do. I like That's I like the one thing fireworks. we'll do on this 900. podcast. We will hold Jerry accountable on the amount of fireworks. Nine, 900 runs, Steve. What do you think is going to be the catalyst of this? Should that all, uh, you know, come into play? You can probably account for at least a hundred Jose Abreu RBIs, but you're going to need a lot more production. Oh, 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 you just made a certain member of White Sox Twitter just, I mean, lose it right there when you just, you know, mentioned RBIs right there. Um, There's probably like. 30 or 40 of them that are ready to come at my Twitter account for bringing up RBIs on this show, but we'll, we'll continue forward. <laughs> um, Old man I, yells at cloud. You right. know, I, I just think that there's, there's a lot of balance to this lineup. And like I talked about at the outset here, if Yoan Moncada can go back to being similar to the guy that, <laughs> Oh, socks on Mike. I love it. I've got to bring this one up. <laughs> I've wanted the white Sox to sign a deal with crazy Kaplan's for so goddamn long. Could you just imagine every single time the white Sox hit a home run, crazy Kaplan coming on the big screen in center field, just going crazy. That would be fantastic. I don't know why they haven't worked that out. Something about Illinois fireworks laws. Marketing 101. Yeah. That's that yeah, that's just terrible right there. But as I was saying there, um, there's just a lot of balance to this lineup. And if you want Mankata can go back to being the guy that he was in 2019, being able to provide both the on-base skills and actually being able to produce power which is something that has obviously been a very hot button issue this off season, uh, given a lot of the discourse on twitter.com here. I think that if you get a fully healthy Eloy Jimenez here, I think he's going to drop 40 home runs this year. And I think that Luis. Is going to drop 35 to 40. If he plays 150 games and finish top three MVP. Luis Robert MVP. 
so I, I just, ah, man, there's a question that just came into the comments, and we'll get to it on the season prediction show here in just a minute. From another good one from uh, Sockside Mike, uh, we'll get to that, Mike, in, in just a, a second here. But I think in terms of offense, guys, you're gonna need one of those guys to just have an absolute breakout season, whether it be Luis Robert, whether it be Eloy Jimenez, whether it be Yoan Moncada. Which one of those guys are you most worried about not achieving that of those three? Yoan Moncada? Yeah, I mean, it's a loaded question. <laughs> Sean, I mean, Sean's just, for those who are listening. Uh, like objection, Your Honor, leading very, the witness. Yeah, very very slowly <laughs> raising the mic. Yoan Moncada? I, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, but, 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 elaborate for me, Sean. I j- just. I mean, I've listen. I love Yon Mankata. I've loved him since the Sox acquired him. I I love the swag. I love all that stuff. Can we talk um, about like as White Sox fans before we go in to like saying anything negative about Yon Mankata? There's always the the precedent of like I love Yon Mankata. I think he's awesome. Yes. So calm down. I don't hate Yon Mankata. And then we go into like I'm really worried about this guy performing at the level that he needs to perform at. I'm I'm not worried about him from a defensive standpoint. Yeah, I, I, I'm not worried for, about him from a defensive standpoint. I'm not worried about him from a swag ometer. Um, the dude is what I think more guys should do with in the sport of baseball. Having said that, and I don't know if it's I just expected, and I expect a little more, right? And I don't know if it's because of who he was traded for. Right, we all have a, a soft spot for Chris Sale, and he was the he was the key player in that trade. And he comes in with all the expectations, gets a standing ovation at his first at bat, has a really good 2019. The COVID stuff in 2020, um, starts making music, put out a music video. Everyone was all about it, you know. The it, it, and then you get just. I don't, I'm trying not to hate on the guy, right? Like I'm just trying. I'm trying not to hate no, on the right. offensive you numbers. You pre-qualified it for everyone Sean, because I know what's going to happen, right? Everyone's yeah. going. I'm going to start having all these stats that I've never even heard of before get thrown at me of why he's an irreplaceable player, and and that's all well and good. And I again love Yon Mankata, phenomenal addition on the team. I need a little bit more. I need a little bit more out of him. I need. I need some more home runs. I need fireworks for Tony from Yuan Mankata, yes. right? Like that's what I need. I need some more gaps hit. And damn it, if I see him slide into another base and get up, and the training staff comes out and they check on him, and they're like, "Are you good?" And then he stays in. Like it's every time. Seriously, I want listeners to count this year. I want listeners to count this year. How many times there is a timeout in a game after a slide or a diving play? Because I guarantee in the first month, you'll see at least two. There's probably going to be more. I take the over on that. But He's again, like- and I'm, I'm I'm trying not to hate on him. I think it's just we expect something a little bit more from, from White Sox fans, right? Like there's just something about him that I don't know. I need more. I need more. I need more home runs. I need more hits. You can send me all the wins above replacements or whatever that did nonsense stats and whatever. Sure. I need more from him. He I'm so is happy on the show right now. 
Steve, he, but like he, seriously, like this is a guy that you're you're. I, w- I want Steve to chime in on this because he he's he looks he's he's biting he's, he's he, he wants it. No, peace. No, no, look, I'm very much in agreement that I want more out of Yohan Makata. The fact of the matter is, you can be a good player and still want more as a fan out, out of. There's nothing wrong player. with that. Well, you wrote this. Yeah, you wrote it, this last season. Yeah, I, I this mean, is why just, I'm, this is why I'm so happy is because I, I think this is a very healthy discussion to have as White Sox fans before we go into this season. Because guy, every I, year is a perennial year where Moncada could be an MVP. I've yes, heard it about, I've yes. heard it about Luis Robert as well. I've heard this about Eloy Jimenez. Oh, my God, he can hit 45 home runs and just that, be this. I, I'm waiting is, for one of these things to happen. That's As what it is, though, Tony. Right now. I'm waiting for one of these things to happen. That's what it is, because we were not only sold when he was traded here that this is a a face of the franchise type player, like that, you know, Yon Mankata is the future, right? And then every single year, and you get on Twitter.com and all these things, but and so there's like, all these arguments, where did, right? Where does it become where Yon Mankata is in the last year of his deal? And you're trading a guy like Craig Kimbrell for a Yohan Moncada just like reversed around because you go look at like AJ Pollock and I don't you, know. you take you take the national like you take the national perspective of what these guys are and what their value is on the open market. I wonder what Yohan Moncada would go for on the open market if he has another year like he did last year, this year. What is he worth next year? What do the White Sox actually have? I'll leave this one for Steve. I mean, I feel like you're probably looking at a guy that's maybe a maybe a ten to twelve million dollar player because he he does still do some things very well. I mean, yes. he he was still a top ten on base guy. Then why are we treating him sometimes like he's Mike fucking Trout? I million dollar question. Tony. I think I think the problem is that there is a sizable portion of the fan base that does look and and lean too heavily just on the data side of it. And I've long said that, you know, there's got to be a blend of of the two. And Mankata has really been kind of the poster child for, for me of guys that, okay, you can talk about the ones above the placement level, but it just, it feels like empty calories. Something's missing. Something's missing. Something's missing, all right. Um, it just it feels like empty calories, to be honest with you. Like I said, there are things that he does well. Getting on base at a 375 clip is extremely important, and, and that is something that is very helpful to a team scoring runs. And to have a guy like that at the top of the order that is providing you quality defense. Now, he's not Matt Chapman. He's not Nolan Arenado over there, but he is a very good – he's a good defensive third baseman that yes. gets on base a lot. But the fact of the matter is that he goes through these stretches where things just look so bad at the plate and his approach just kind of gets away from him. He he has this passivity to him that makes it tough to watch. And he unfortunately still far too often will carry that into the field with him and have it impact him defensively at inopportune moments. That's one of the things that really needs to be cleaned up. When we see these flashes, though, on the on the flip side of it, where 
he's hitting the ball with authority and he's being aggressive in the batter's box and getting himself into, into hitters counts two Oh three one and looking to impact the baseball. You see this guy that could be a top 10 player in the league, but you just don't see that level of consistency. And I think that's where the frustration comes from with a lot of people because you, you see it in there. It just isn't there with enough regularity. It's not there enough. Yep. I've written about this, Steve. You've written about this. If you want our thoughts, head on over to ontapsportsnet.com. Check out our White Sox section. Uh, maybe we'll tweet some of those articles beneath the uh, the tweet when this episode comes out uh, tomorrow in podcast version. Um, guys, I don't want to drag on the Yohan Moncada conversation too long because I'm sure we're going to have this exact same discussion multiple times this year when, when he, so when he starts when he starts two for 18 with with nine strikeouts and yes exactly and that's because this has all been propagated by everybody that has access to the internet every single time we do thanks this, al gore <laughs> every single time we do like it, yeah exactly if you took the internet away we're not even having this discussion right now in front of everybody who's listening we're probably having it via text message what are we expecting out of yohan Moncada this year you know like i it, I've, I've been down this road a couple of times yohan Moncada is always a hot topic he will continue to be a hot topic i think the only person that can solve this debate is yohan Moncada himself the spring wasn't good. Steve, he did not set the tone, in my opinion. But I'll give him the chance to turn around as soon as we start. Come on, baseball. Yon. Yeah. Come on, go. baby. Prove us wrong. And this is where we're going to go talk massive, massive, you know, down about Yohan Moncada and what can go wrong. And he's going to start like on a hot streak. And he's going to look like assholes. Yeah. We're going to look like assholes. And they'll be naming good. burgers after him on the south side of Chicago like they were for Yerman last year. I, hey, you know what? I hope he makes us look like assholes because that means something's going well, right? Yes. I'm pulling for you, Mankata. I'll wear the T-shirt jersey. I got it folded in my in my closet. Guys, home run leader for the White Sox this year. Let's go to some quick round questions. Um, home run leader for the White Sox this year. We'll go in the rotation of Sean, Steve, and then I'll give mine. Home run leader for the White Sox. Eloy Jimenez. Prediction. Eloy Jimenez, I think he, uh, I think he's, I'll put him over forty-two. Steve, <laughs> you stole my exact numbers, guys. <laughs> um, all right, well then, just to be contrarian, I'll say Eloy is gonna hit thirty-nine. I like it. <laughs> Did I really take forty-two? No, you? I swear to God. Wow, I didn't have Eloy even in the forties there. I'm going to go Jose Abreu and say 37. I'm going to go a little conservative on it. 37. That's not conservative. That's That's not conservative. That's That's aggressive. No, I know that. I know that. I know that. But I'm saying that there's going to be time where Eloy is spent on the IL. That's just my prediction. Tony's setting the tone. Set the tone. You want me to roll out Gavin Sheets at 39 home runs? Because I'll do it. I don't know where he's getting that enough of uh, those. Uh, yeah, exactly. Those bad, Especially but, after the trade. Yeah. Especially after the trade. Uh, Steel's leader for the White Sox this year. Luis Robert. Um, I'm going to say T.A. T.A. I'm going T.A. as well for Steel's leader. 
pitching wins. Oh boy. For the White Sox. Oh, this is tough. Uh, you know, it, it, fuck it. Give me the uh, give me Dylan C's. Dylan C. Steve, we got. Um wow. Pitching wins. This is a hard one to predict. This, yeah. This, this is a hard one, and this is a stat that I absolutely hate. Exactly. Just say passion. Liam Hendricks. Come on. Uh, that's honestly where I'm going. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I think they're. I think they're going to win several <laughs> games. The first. But you don't think one season. of the starters is going to wind up with like twelve? Like where's where's Liam Hendricks piling up the wins? He's blowing he, saves. Because, blowing no, saves no, and no, piling no, up the no. What after. I think, no, what I think is going to happen is the first six weeks of the season, he's going to pitch in games where they are either tied or down by one in the ninth inning, more, more so tied, and then they're going to walk shit off. Fireworks for Tone. Fireworks for me. I love it. Uh, I'll go Lucas Giolito. I just think he's going to go deep enough into ball games and just – How many are you thinking for Lucas? 14 plus. 14? Okay. 14 plus. I think, you know, overall you're going to get those mixtures in there where Steve – you know, is right about Liam Hendricks, where you're going to see a lot of bullpen guys get, you know, get the win credit for some of this stuff, especially early on in the year. One could make the argument that Lance Lynn was going to go five innings and cruise through some of this stuff. So I would have probably had a different prediction had this been a little bit different. But I think 14 to 16 for Lucas Giolito this year. None of us wanted to go with Joe Kelly with uh, like 15 or something like that, some weird shit. It's, it's some weird shit does happen in, in, in baseball. <laughs> Joe, I don't think Joe Kelly's going to. I think he's he's going to start on the IL, guys. Yeah. Isn't he? Yep. Yeah. 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 Joe Kelly on the IL. That's that's going to be interesting to see how he fits in and molds in with this White Sox team as we head on into uh, the later stretches of the year, uh, guys. RBI leader for the White Sox, Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu. Yeah. I, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's yeah. I'm going to roll with Eloy Jimenez. If you guys, I'm just going to go on the back. End. If you guys think Eloy is going to hit that many home runs, I think Eloy Jimenez showed a lot of gap power in spring. I think it's going to be a full healthy season. If we do get a full healthy season from him, he's going to drive in a lot more. It's just going to depend on where they wind up in the batting order. Luis Robert center field. How many bombs are you guys predicting? For Luis Robert this year, Sean. 33. 34. I'm going to go 29. You were absolutely killing me tonight, Sean. I swear (laughs) to God, man. I'm going to always rotate the predictions with Sean going in front of Steve because I could just tell tell each and every one of these. We did not talk about this, by the way, prior. No, there's there's not even a rundown for the show. If Johnny was here, we'd probably have – a rundown on this. So I'm just you could off. go as far, Anthony, to say that right now I, I'm getting borderline mad online. He's getting mad the mad online meter is, I apologize. Is rising. Is rising. I apologize. We'll, we'll, go to, we'll go to Steve. We'll go to Steve first with the next one here. Over under on Liam Hendricks blown saves at five. I'm going to take the under. 
John, you're taking the under as well? No, taking the over. You're taking the over? I'm going to take the over with Sean here. I think we're going to see a couple of ball games that he's going to he's going to get into some trouble here. And not necessarily lose, but I think you're going to run into things where he might come in and it's, it, I I don't know. I I I'm going to go the over cuz I just think they're going to re- really really be relying on him a lot. They are, and I honestly, I would not be shocked. And I don't know if you're if you're going with this question. I wouldn't be shocked if Liam Hendricks saves fifty games this year. I I wouldn't be shocked. No, he is going to be out there a lot. Mm-hmm. Like we almost might run into Liam Hendricks fatigue. I don't know if that's Third. a possible thing, but it, it homie's going to be out there. If they got any sort of a lead, he's coming in. Thirteen wins and fifty saves. Look at that. Look at that little nugget. That's a lot. It's a lot there, Steve. Save that for October. Socks on tap personnel TV appearances over under set at three for the year. Now, remember last year, Johnny Nani was in a commercial for the White Sox. Steve and I were both seen on the Field of Dreams game. So over under set at three for socks on tap personnel. TV appearances. We also had a tailgate that was featured on national TV as well last year. That puts it at three confirmed socks on tap personnel TV appearances. What do you guys have? Steve, I'll go to you first. I'm, I'm going to take actually four. We had four because you were at the clincher. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking the over. I think we're, I, th- I think we're building a brand here. I think we've got a lot of positive momentum. I think we're going to set the tone early and often. Does Des Moines television count? Uh, we're talking the, the the actual broadcast. With, oh, but okay. Sean, you, I mean, you can you can blow that out of the water on Des Moines Television. I'm oh yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, no, I I think over. I think over. I, I I listen. I didn't want to sign on for this for some ringing in operation. I think that you guys can can uh, can carry the torch out there as far as television appearances. We got to get Sean a TV appearance this year somehow, some way. We'll work on that, guys. Beers consumed in lot B during socks on tap tailgates. Let's set the over under at 800. Over. Steve. Over. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to go over because I really, you know, outside of seeing pictures and videos on, on uh, Twitter.com, I, I'm going to have to go over. I mean, I've seen Buzz slide into mud and, and, whatever nonsense you know slamming uh trash cans and 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 all that fun stuff i'm gonna yeah i'll I'll go over so uh sockside mike uh chimes in said that uh we're going on the over there uh beer garden gym 801 tailgate We'll, we'll we'll try and set an official number at some point here um uh or some sort of counter maybe i'll put johnny nani on that um you know, just to, to keep a tally. It what might a be a job for South, but what a what a job for Southside Ron. He's in accounting. He can count the beers that we drink. Southside Ron, shout out Southside Ron from Cubs on Tap, the biggest Sox fan you know. Uh, <laughs> guys, that's it for the the quick lightning round. Let's get into the final part of this. What do we ultimately think the White Sox are going to do this season? Sean, I want your prediction on total wins and where this team is ultimately going to wind up. Steve, I'll go to you after that. 
Tony, I think I think we're gonna I think we're gonna see a team that wins about ninety three games. I think ninety three um, is where I can see them. Now I know I'm going on a limb a little bit because you think starting pitching and all that, but I think ninety three, uh, and I I do think this team makes it to the World Series. I, I there's just there's too much here, um, and there's too many people that know a hell of a lot more in the sport of baseball that follow the game more than I do that are putting the white Sox in the same area. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to ride with the Sox in world series. And I, I didn't, I don't want to be a Homer, you know, damn well, if I didn't think that's, this team could that's make it. buzzes, you know, shtick right there. Right. But if I didn't think this team could make it, I could say, I would flat out say, listen, divisional series and they're fucking done. But I do think this team makes it to the world series. Do you want a prediction if they win it? If it, I don't know. I mean, Fuck it, they win the whole thing. Tim Anderson. Steve, what do we got? Wow, I feel like I am channeling negative Nani here. Don't get up for the letdown. I think that, unfortunately, the starting pitching issues that they're going to see early on in the season are going to have major ramifications come October. And I think, ultimately, this team backslides. I think they win the division at 88-74, and and they – it bounced out in the first round for a third consecutive year. That was a very negative Nani take there, Steve. I don't like bringing the energy down. I don't listen. I, I don't, don't like bringing the energy down. I don't like the fact that you told me that this team was going to hit, you know, a like a, a, a franchise record amount of home runs. I want fireworks deep into October, early November. I want a parade with fireworks. Sean, I'm going to ride with you. I think this team's going to win around 92 games, just a little bit under. Uh, you're, I think you came in at 93 or 94. 93. 93. I think this team's going to win around 92 games. I think you're going to see this team really hit its stride sometime around mid-July into early August. You get through that gauntlet. You weather the storm. I'm expecting Rick Hahn to be very aggressive at this trade deadline. And I think that this team is going to go out there and, and compete for a World Series title. You've you've seen the first round exit the last two years. I said it on the last show. They know when they need to show up. At that point, theoretically, you should have a very healthy front end of this rotation with Lance Lynn. Uh, Michael Kopech is probably that X factor guy that we talked about earlier, who's going to be Mr. October, uh, for the white Sox along with Dylan Cease. I think you're going to be seeing those guys in the highlights and the features that you see during the postseason all the time, telling the story of where these guys came from and how the Sox built this rotation. Um, you're going to have, you know, national broadcasters talking about the Eloy Jimenez trade. You're going to have them talking about the Chris Sale trade. I think it's going to be the opportunity for the White Sox to be on that national stage and and showcase this rebuild. Do they come up ultimately successful? I'm a little I'm a little shaky on this one. I think that they're going to make the World Series. I, however, would have to say my official prediction would be that they don't win it although I want them to, I think they make the World Series and come up just a little bit short, leaving us very angry on Sox on Tap in October. Go fucking prove me wrong, White Sox. That's my ask. I'm with you. Let me ask you boys this. 
Um, will Johnny Cueto be on the team come October? Steve? No. No. No, I don't think Johnny Cueto is on the team come October. It'll be interesting to see if Dallas Keuchel is on the team come October as well. This is the one thing that I'm really interested in. Dallas Keuchel DFA date over under June 15th. I'll go I think you're like right on you're like right on the date, Steve. And if that happens, we'll go back to this very moment and we'll I'll go post over. it on, on the internet. Or and I'll and I'll, t- and I'll take it a step further. When Lancelin is ready to come off the IL, does he take Dallas's roster spot? And that was where I was going. I'll take the over because I don't think Lance will be back until middle of June. So I'll take the over, but I do think that's what uh that's what'll do. Unless Unless Dallas goes out and proves us all wrong, right? Like, let's say he goes out the first two months, wins a couple ball games, he's going five innings, maybe giving up one or two runs. I don't see that happening. I think anytime he takes the rubber, it's going to be our offense better show the F up um, and give some fireworks for Tony. But I, I do think that that's when it'll happen, is when Lance Lynn's ready to come back. Gavin Sheets over under. 15 home runs this season, boys. I'm going to take the under. I'm sorry, Anthony. I know this is going to disappoint you as as a proud papa, but I just I'm struggling to see where the plate appearances are going to come from. John, uh, I'm going to I'm going to go the under here. I see him getting about 12 or 13, maybe a little less. Okay, be interesting to see. I mean, last year's at bats 11. I'm also going to take the under on this one myself, very sadly, guys. I, th- I think if you didn't make the AJ Pollock move, I would have been uh, I would have been probably graced with at least 17 Gavin Sheets bombs, which is what I originally had him pegged for uh, this season. Um, I'm trying to think if I've got any other last minute ones here. Over under on the amount of rainouts where fans are let into the ballpark for over an hour before the game is called. over. Whatever the number is, over. I was going to go with four. Over. You guys deal with this a hell of a lot more than me. I just find out on the, on my television. So I'll I'll go over because, you know, you guys, I don't know. Yeah, over. We'll go over. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably be subject to quite a few of those. Guys, I don't have anything else here unless you do. Um, I just wanted to actually, celebrate Todd, Todd Frazier. You're right. We didn't celebrate Todd Frazier yet. So let's tell, celebrate Todd Frazier and the 2016 White Sox here for just a little bit. For those who are still listening, Todd Frazier announced his retirement today. Guys, very sad day. White Sox legend Todd Frazier, 2016 White Sox. You guys know the story. What a great season that was. I don't know a single player that Hawk left the booth um, during an actual broadcast to go check on. I don't know. I don't think Frank Thomas ever got that treatment. I don't either. Todd Frazier, the most special White Sox player of all time. Steve, you've got to just be eaten up by this right now. Todd Frazier's retirement, just knowing what he meant to this ball club. How are you feeling today, man? I mean, you it's know, it's been hard to get through the show, I've got to say. I'm, I'm going to have to ask for privacy during this time. Uh, this is very traumatic experience for me this is something that i'm i'm grieving right now it's a process and i'm just going to ask for for space 
right now during this time while I try to collect myself. Thank you. Yeah. How do you think Hawk's doing right now? Well, I well that, I, I'm, I'm sure Hawk is uh, over and over and going to return to some smearing off into piss. We'll get he's Hawk on, a on golf, the broadcast. He's on a golf course somewhere. Get Hawk on the broadcast right here. The Hawk Harrelson bobblehead. You know he's God bless that he's man. Here. But guys, Todd Frazier, White Sox legend. Let's talk the third about baseman that play. We always, the where third baseman you? we always wanted, right? Where he was the third baseman was. we always wanted. Outside after Joe Creedy, like we third base was the big hole. But we finally got you, him. Where were you when Todd Frazier smashed his face into some seats when Hawk left check on on Todd, Sean? I was working. Um I was working and was following along and then got on the old twitter.com and all the tweets were Hawk Harrelson just left the booth to go check on Todd Frazier. And then it only took a little bit longer for the audio to get out um, with, uh, with stone Boney there in uh, down in Texas. And uh, I just checked on him. I think he's going to be okay. I was um, working from home that day uh, watching the game on my couch. And I remember seeing it happen and saying, Todd Frazier just broke his face. This is great. Um, Cause they were the night before. I don't know if you remember, this was the infamous six run lead in the eighth inning when they were 23 and 10 hashtag never forget. And then that next day, Todd breaks his face and uh, the rest is history as they yeah. say. And then what was it like a month later Memorial day happened uh, down in Kansas city? Oh God, I don't even know. <laughs> Just, just gross. Yeah, let's not a couple even... weeks later, then James Shields is traded to the White Sox, and everything was downhill after Todd Frazier broke his face. God, Hawk it's... knew something that we didn't. It's terrible. Last question before we got out of here: What is Tony going to do with no Budweisers in the steam? We're still working on a plan on that, Mike. I haven't quite figured that one out yet. Um, not happy about it. Not happy about it. Might have to wear my Budweiser cowboy hat to every game in protest. We'll we'll figure it out. But uh, I'm not happy about the uh, the beer moves. I know today was media day for the uh, the White Sox, and they yeah, get that out of here, Sean. He's uh, <laughs> got time for that. I'll let you and Buzz do the rest of the shows together, and you guys can drink all the that water that you want to. Um, but. And, so, Sockside Mike, I don't know, man. Find a way to sneak me some Budweiser's into the park, please. I've got to figure this out. Guys, suggestions for how Tony's going to drink alcohol at White Sox games this year. Loppy. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the answer. I personally miss the the good old days when you used to be able to smuggle in four or five beers at a time underneath a jersey uh, back before the metal detectors and before the pat-downs. Um, 22 year old Steve used to really, really have some fun with that. It's going to be a rough year for me. It's going to be a rough few years for me trying to figure out what to drink at the ballpark. I'm open to suggestions. Anthony, you might have to, you might have to turn into a hard liquor guy. I might. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out as dangerous, goes dangerous game. Figure it out. Might just eat a lot of dip and dots. Family man. Yeah. Dippin' dots, funnel cakes. I might just start eating. 
I mean, listen, I just started eating all the stuff. I don't know if you guys saw some of the new food selections that came out this year, but um, you know, this uh, pretzel wrap. Yes. Now I'm not a big, I'm more of a hot dog guy. It's so you documented when we went to the field of dreams game and I wanted to ask you about this, you did the apple pie hot dog. Are we going to get the pretzel wrapped brat review? Yeah. On day one from socks on tap for. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. I'll do it. I mean, um, it's, also been very well documented. You put a pretzel in front of me and I will devour that shit. Um, long time pretzel guy here, long time pretzel guy. And then also just really psyched to see them increase the uh, pedagogy selection at the ballpark this year. Um, so, you know, that's just, that's just good quality stuff right there. So are know. we getting a pierogi review? Oh, of course. As well. Okay. Of course. All right. That's- so Steve's going to be on the food this season. Yeah. For so di- diet, diet starts mid, mid October. <laughs> was that a, uh, that was a, a, um, I saw a blue moon brat with like an orange mustard sauce or yeah. something on it. Okay. Yeah. That's going to be an interesting contrast. Oh boy. Lord bombs. bombs. Oh, Justin. Oh, bombs. Don't even okay. here with that nonsense. Yeah, I'm gonna die. So, so it's real quick, kill me here. real In quick, Lappy, it's going to be on site, Jim. Jordan so we Miller, have the heater is back. Sean, go ahead. We have this bar right down the street from here in Des Moines, right? It's called 85 bar. It's a, it's a bunch of bears fans, right? They named it after the 85 bears. Go figure. Anyway, you go down there, they sell like Chicago dogs, all this stuff. They try to make it a big Chicago bar, Well, they have Malore there. Right. And my girlfriend who's from Kansas, I'm like, Hey, you got to do a Malora shot. It's kind of like the, you know, this honorary deal. Like you got to do one, but I sat, I didn't sell it. Right. Like I was like, listen, this is going to suck. You're not going to like it. This is going to be one of the worst things you ever experienced and taste. She refuses to do one. What happens next? How do I, how do I handle it? Sneak it the way that I did for penals at one of the one Oh (laughs) eight. Events. I just gotta buy it, right? And then just like yeah, yeah, you just buy it and send it to the table, like anonymously, and you know, send yourself a different shot. It kind of looks like I don't know, dude, some JMO or something like that. Makes me want to throw up just thinking about it. But and and then you know, you pat you pat the patron on the back and say, "Congratulations, welcome to Chicago." (laughs) Yeah, and then you just you just tell her it's something different. That's you know what you got to do here in this situation. Yeah. The old switcheroo, as they like. They've got Malort shots at the park now, don't they? I thought I saw something. I don't know the answer to that. I thought I, I thought I saw something. I don't know. But, guys, I did see that margaritas are now in play in, in the center field area. Uh, that's a thing. Steve, mm-hmm. you're going to get down on a margarita? You know, I'm not a well, huge, Saturday afternoon. I, you know, I'm not a huge margarita guy, but, you know, maybe a couple, two, three times I'll partake. You know, during the course of the season, you know, diversify my my drinking portfolio. Now, what bit. happens if we get buzz on the margaritas? Like oh. fourth, fourth inning buzz after a lot B tailgate. Well, hey, bird, bird drink is going to be in full effect. Yeah, get buzz some margaritas. We'll we'll probably run some stuff from the socks on tap account this year. Alcohol mm-hmm. suggestions for Buzz and Steve. Right? What do you think, Sean? I like it. Instead of you know try this food or whatever that case is, try a new, you know, alcoholic beverage. Nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the vodka lemonades that they've got out there out in center field. I don't that know can turn an guys. afternoon real quick. It can turn an afternoon real quick, but it can also <laughs> turn an afternoon real fun real quick. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, you know, they've got the, uh, the full bars now out in uh, right field. 
and uh, up in the 300 level out in left field, you can go get yourself a premium cocktail out there. Full liquor bar. Are you threatening me with a good time, Anthony? Is that what you're doing right now? I think so, is Steve. There, yeah. I think so. Okay. Well, okay. Well, we you guys are going to need might... these alcoholic beverages when the trainer comes out to see Yon Mankata for the third time in a week. Oh, God. <laughs> Ooh. I should probably stop. Oh, boy. And with that, we derailed. Uh, guys, we'll, we'll, we'll have some fun here. I'm, I'm looking forward to the post-game shows that we're going to run this season. Um, it's going to be a really good time. Uh, talking about this White Sox team, we'll we'll hit you guys, the listeners, with any time Johan uh, Mancada needs the trainer out, or we just didn't get enough innings out of a White Sox starting pitcher, and what that's going to mean for you uh, when you're watching the next game. These are things we talk about during the game. That's what we're going to talk about on here. Any final thoughts before we? embark on this journey that is the 2022 white Sox season what you're hopeful to see what you're what you're going to be excited for throughout the year guys last little round table before we get out of here you're looking forward to in 2022 um for me friday it's almost here you have to do one thing you have to set the tone right away Right out of the shoot. The only thing that stinks is because if he were in the lineup, I would say Timmy was going to fucking nuke the first pitch of the game off of Eduardo Rodriguez. But since he's not, that's going to have to wait for Sunday because, as we all know, Timmy doesn't care about Tigers fans. And I happen to agree with him in that. God bless Tim Anderson. Let's go. Let's get this thing started early. Let's kick the Tigers in the fucking nuts and get this, set this tone right out of the shoot. That, all that right there. No, just look at. Listen, it's go time now. It's it's no more fucking around. Let's see. Let's let's get it going. And and I uh, I love the White Sox with all my heart. So as soon as opening day happens, man, it is life changes real quick for the next how many months? And hopefully it goes all the way to November. So let's get it going and and set the damn tone. I think if if they don't come out and say set the tones, their official campaign slogan, I think we're just going to make it ours here. I think we already have. I, I, I want this team to go far. I want this team to win the World Series. I'm tired of getting knocked out in the first round. I think you guys are too. I, I just want a season that's as memorable, if not more, than last year's and last year's was a great season guys we had some awesome memories from that team the field of dreams game the timmy walk off you had no hitters involved in there there was a lot of excitement it was awesome getting to break it down almost on a nightly basis on this show talking about this team i want a lot more fun uh this year i want a lot more fireworks I want more funnel cake i want a lot more loppy good times I, I, I'm just, I am ecstatic. This is going to be Christmas day for me on Friday morning. Let's go. Let's have a season guys. And let's enjoy every single waking moment of it. There's going to be the pain points. We're going to get on here. We're going to bitch about the things we don't like. We're going to celebrate with victory beers, the things that we do. I'm ready to roll guys. Let's fucking go. I'm ready. Let's you, talk through you, it. You said it, Anthony. Yeah, that's right. it. Mic drop. 
we're out of here. Be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all of your Chicago White Sox news, rumors, analysis, updates from all of us here at the Sox on Tap crew and a couple other guys who help contribute to our White Sox coverage. Shout out to uh, our new contributors, uh, Aaron Fitzpatrick, uh, Sox Insane, um, and a couple of the other guys that are over there. Pat Kamiski does some White Sox news. Our guy Buzz on Tap, Johnny Nani. Uh, both those guys couldn't join us tonight, but you'll hear them throughout the season. Andrew Kinsler, uh, Billy Raffeld, and uh, a whole lot more who contribute to the ONTAP Sportsnet White Sox staff. Guys, it's going to be a fun year of White Sox coverage. We're going to have all that and more. Join us in Lot B on opening day. We're going to be there. There's going to be jello shots. Steve is going to be there crushing like 800 beers, probably Stone Cold Steve Austin, some stuff. You might see Buzz like dive through some mud. Uh, it's a good time. Sean, I wish you were coming. Um, wish. And, and all that and more. We'll be out there in July. Anthony, Sean, will, I just, Sean will be there. Steve, you got something to say? Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm, so. I'm going to need you to go out there and set the tone next Tuesday for the home opener. I'm going to need you to make sure you've got a good, reliable babysitter so that you and uh, you know, you know, know, the wife and everybody else can get out there bright and early so we can smash some beers. Because, look, we you've set some lofty goals for us as a unit here this year to go out. 800. And, yeah. So I'm going to need you to make some contribute. If I can I use hockey parlance here right now, a uh, little four feathers tie in right there. I'm going to need you to make some contribute to that. And the only way you can do that is by setting the tone on the home opener Tuesday. You guys got one week. You got one week right now to get yourselves mentally and physically prepared because when you step in that lot Tuesday at 8 a.m. Steve, you got me cracking another beer right now. Let's, it is go time. Let's, it let's is on. Let's get this done. <laughs> We'll get it done. Thanks for all that tuned into this show. Um, come on board for what's going to be a fun White Sox season of post-game shows, as well as extended shows. Beer Garden Gym, hashtag set the tone. Guys, White Sox forever. White Sox Go Sox. Four. <laughs>